Good morning, I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. Good to have you with us here today for our Congregation of Prayer, Guide for Daily Meditation and Prayer Around God's Word on this Monday, August 23rd, the last week uh, before the school year starts. Um, Yes, I see you checking in in the chat there, Michael, Karen, and Don and Karen, Grace, Chris. I agree with uh, the hymn. Uh, it's one of my favorites. Uh, that's written by Stephen Starkey, who's uh, uh, currently serving as pastor in uh, Bay City, Michigan. can't remember the name of the congregation. Um, but actually composed the text for, I think, almost the... Mid- I think he has more hymns in the hymnal than almost anyone else, which is... Uh, and he's a contemporary uh, Missouri Synod pastor, so there you go. Uh, lovely hymn, lovely text, great tune. And that's a lovely setting, I think, by uh, one of the cantors at Fort Wayne. Let's see. Okay, yes, last week before school um, begins, and I'm still still toying with the schedule a little bit, um, but what's going to happen is that I'll be leading the school children in prayer each morning at 8 a.m., and I think the plan will be to continue to do this online at 9 a.m. for the benefit of you. Uh, So I'll actually have a little bit of practice, and I'll do it twice. I actually end up doing it three times a day because I'll do it with my own children uh, in the evening, but so it is. Uh, it's my joy to do that with you and uh, to pray with you. And of course, we can probably go into a little greater detail um, or a little bit um, different specificity with you here uh, being uh, a different demographic, right, than with the children. Good. Let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let's say our memory verse for this week. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Romans 10, verse 9. That's our first time this week. Let's say it again. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Romans 10, verse 9. Then our psalm is Psalm 121 this week. We say it together. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your helper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. This would be a lovely hymn to memorize, actually, for uh, the beginning of your day, each day, I think. 
We'll see more about it later this week. Our first reading today, then, is from Jeremiah, now chapter 15. Woe is me, my mother, that you have borne me, a man of strife and a man of contention to the whole earth. I have neither lent for interest, nor have men lent to me for interest. Every one of them curses me. The Lord said, Surely it will be well with your remnant. Surely I will cause the enemy to intercede with you in the time of adversity and in the time of affliction. Can anyone break iron, the northern iron and the bronze? Your wealth and your treasures I will give as plunder without price because of all your sins throughout your territories. And I will make you cross over with your enemies into a land which you do not know, for a fire is kindled in my anger which shall burn upon you. O Lord, you know, remember me and visit me, and take vengeance for me on my persecutors in your enduring patience. Do not take me away. Know that for your sake I have suffered rebuke. Your words were found, and I ate them, and your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. For I am called by your name, O Lord, God of hosts. I did not sit in the assembly of the mockers, nor did I I rejoice. I sat alone because of your hand, for you have filled me with indignation. Why is my pain perpetual, and my wound incurable, which refuses to be healed? Will you surely be to me like an unreliable stream, as waters that fail? Thus says the Lord, If you return, then I will bring you back. You shall stand before me. If you take out the the precious from the vial, you shall be as my mouth. Let them return to you, but you must not return to them. And I will make you to this people a fortified bronze wall, and they will fight against you, but they shall not prevail against you, for I am with you to save you and deliver you, says the Lord. I will deliver you from the hand of the wicked, and I will redeem you from the grip of the terrible. Now, I suppose uh, this reading might seem a little schizophrenic uh, to you, unless you uh, have been raised in the Lutheran Confession, uh, by where, or where we make a distinction between God's word of law and God's word of gospel. All right. Um, of course, the, the word of law here is that you've um, that you have rebelled against me, right? That you cursed God, that you, uh, and then you will be handed over to your enemies and be taken into a land you don't know, um, because his anger burns against you again for what? For contending with God, right? Rebelling against God, another word for sin, and that's what the law does: is it shows us our sin and it shows us the just penalty for our sin. Um, but then you see verse 15, it split, it switches into intercession, um, where we, where there's a pleading to God in verse 15 through 18, um, for, not for vengeance, but rather, um, for forgiveness, right? Um, talking about how God's hand is heavy upon, upon him because, um, of his rebellion, right? And then, of course, verse 19 through 21, you have God then in, in true gospel fashion, a promising return, a promising restoration, a new life, you might say. So this is the whole pattern of the Christian life is right here in this uh, section from Jeremiah 15, where we have God um, 
bringing bringing us under the indictment of his word, uh, indictment against our sin. Uh, We pleading for mercy, uh, not because we deserve it, but because of his character, because of who he is, and then he promising us to restore us again. All right. Uh, And so this is the life of the Christian, death and resurrection. It's right here in Jeremiah 15 in a quite lovely way. It's not really schizophrenic at all. It's just the pattern of of the Christian life, death and resurrection, rebellion, repentance, forgiveness. And now our reading for catechesis is from Mark 7. Then the Pharisees and some of the scribes came together to him, having come from Jerusalem. Now when they saw some of his disciples eat bread with the defiled, that is, with unwashed hands, they found fault. Excuse me. My watch did not cooperate with my keyboard. There we go. Uh, They found fault. For the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they wash their hands in a special way, holding the tradition of the elders. When they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash. And there are many other things which they have received and hold, like the washing of cups, pitchers, copper vessels, and couches. Then the Pharisees and scribes asked him, Why do your disciples not walk according to the tradition of of the elders, but eat bread with unwashed hands. He answered and said to them, Well, did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites, as it is written, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. For laying aside the commandment of God, you hold the tradition of men, the washing of pitchers and cups and many other such things you do. He said to them, All too well you reject the commandment of God, that you may keep your tradition. For Moses said, Honor your father and and your mother, and he who curses father or mother, let him be put to death. But you say, if a man says to his father or mother, whatever profit you might have received from me is Corban, that is, a gift of God, or gift to God, then you no longer let him do anything for his father or his mother making the word of God of no effect through your tradition which you have handed down, and many such things you do. When he had called all the multitude to himself, he said to them, Hear me, everyone, and understand. There is nothing that enters a man from outside which can defile him, but the things which come out of him, those are the things that defile a man. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. When he had entered a house away from the crowd, his disciples asked him concerning the parable. So he said to them, Are you thus without understanding also? Do you not perceive that whatever enters a man from outside cannot defile him, because it does not enter his heart, but his stomach, and is eliminated, thus purifying all foods? And he said, What comes out of a man, that defiles a man. From, or from within, out of the heart of men, Proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lewdness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these things come from within and defile a man. Okay. Um, So, uh, as, uh, as Christians, we have a fairly low anthropology, meaning a low view of our own human uh, both capacity and nature, etc. All right, uh, and here's Jesus teaching such. So, uh, context: Who came to Jesus from Jerusalem? Yeah, the Pharisees 
and some of the scribes. Um, now, this is right after Jesus has exited the boat, uh, after walking on water, and remember they brought all the sick and the lame to him from the, to touch the hem of his garment, right? And any who touched him were healed, right? So that's the context. Now, Pharisees and some scribes have come out to him. What do these Pharisees observe? All right, so again, this is in contrast to his healing of people. Now they are complaining about how some of his disciples were eating with unwashed hands. <laughs> Kids, wash your hands before dinner, right? Um, this is ritual washing. Um, actually, the word here in Greek is baptizo. Baptizo, right? We'll get to that in a minute. Um, so what is revealed then about the Jewish tradition of the elders of this day? Right here in verse 3. Yeah, they are what? Uh, required to wash their hands in a special way. Not only their hands, you'll note there, uh, verse 4, uh, cups, pitchers, copper vessels, and the couches. So what concern do the uh, Pharisees have? We see there in verse 5, why does Jesus let his disciples break the tradition, if you like? and eat with unwashed hands. Now, Jesus quotes to them um, from the prophet Isaiah. You see that in verse 6 and 7. This is from Isaiah 29. Uh, it might be worth looking at a little bit broader context here, as I like to do. All right. So this is in a series of woes to Jerusalem. Um, and here, 29 verse 13. But let's back up a little bit. The whole vision has become to you like the words of a book that is sealed, which men deliver to one who, who is literate, saying, Read this, please. And he says, I cannot, for it is sealed. Then the book is delivered to one who is illiterate, saying, Read this, please. And he says, I am not literate. Therefore the Lord said, Inasmuch as these people draw near with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but have removed their hearts far from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the commandment of men. Therefore, behold, I will again do a marvelous work among this people, a marvelous work and a wonder. For the wisdom of their wise men shall perish, and the understanding of their prudent men shall be hidden. All right, so again, context. Jesus has just been doing a wondrous work, but they can't even see it. And instead of teaching his word or commending people to Jesus, they are teaching the commandments of men. All right. And this is all, again, Jesus is saying they're externally claiming to worship God and yet, uh, in their hearts, and yet their hearts are actually not governed by God's word. Um, so what are they guilty then? Laying aside the commandments of God for the commandments of men or traditions of men. Um, now, that word tradition, I think it's important to define. Um, you hold to the traditions of men. Traditio in Latin, um, I don't remember what Greek word he uses there. Seven, eight, right? I can look. Um, traditio in Latin is, is to hand over. It's a handing over. Um, in Greek, it is the paradosin, which is again to hand over. It's the same thing. It means the same thing in Greek. So paradosin, to hand, hand over, right? That's what traditions are. Fathers to sons, sons to their sons, etc. Right. So what? It, but what is the tradition 
of the believer, of true believers. What is handed down? The things that we do, um, that we have appointed, you know, maybe even for good order or um, even for the sake of the confession of faith. But the thing that we actually must hand down, and if we are to be faithful, is the prophetic and apostolic scriptures, right? Which come from God. So the word of God, that's our, that's our heritage. That's what we hand down. And as that word of God has been taught um, in faithful hymnody, in confessions of faith, like the small catechism and creeds, right? But it is the word of God that is our tradition. And so you see where they've gone wrong here. Because Jesus gives them an example from the, the Ten Words, the Ten Commandments, saying that they have rejected the commandment of God to keep their tradition. Right? Which commandment does he cite here? Yeah, verse 10, you honor your father and your mother. He who curses his father and mother will be put to death. All right? They've broken that commandment, he says, with their tradition, right? Because they've rejected their, their parents in the faith, declaring that any profit their parents might have received from them uh, was a gift of God. Corbin is what he calls that there. Right? Uh, why were they doing that? So that <laughs> they that no so that one no longer had anything to do with his father or mother, right? So Jesus is saying, in effect, they've broken the fourth commandment, right? They actually they their parents received what they received, and it was good for them, but it's not necessarily good good for for it's good for their parents, but not good for them. That's in effect what they're saying here, all right? So. Yes, it was good for our parents, but, you know, we are, I don't know, more intelligent, we're smarter, uh, we have different needs, we're a different generation, right? Um, I'm a, very much a traditionalist when it comes to the church, um, not because I trust my parents, although I do honor them, um, but because I believe that God actually uh, preserves for us his, his teaching through the word that's handed down, right? Uh, and so that's our tradition. And then anything that confesses that faithfully is also then part of our tradition. Um, so by saying they no longer had anything to do with their father and mother, what have they in effect done, he says here, verse 13. They've made the word of God of no effect because they've held on to traditions and not the word that those confessions are meant to, con- or those traditions are meant to confess. All right. Um, then this fam- famous saying, right? Um, that's really what he calls, or what the, the uh, <laughs> evangelist calls a uh, parable later on, right? What defiles a man? Not what goes into him, but the things that come out of him, right? And how does Jesus emphasize that? Again, with his axiomatic statement here, if anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Of course, do the disciples understand? Nope. They don't have ears to hear. All right. So he has to give them those ears, as we talked about yesterday uh, in the sermon. What does he ask then of them? It kind of expands, right? Um, do you, you know, do they perceive, verse 18, that what enters a man from outside cannot defile him because it doesn't enter his heart, but it, it enters his stomach and is thus eliminated, right? So actually, he, what he's confessing here is just a simple uh, anatomical truth, biological fact, um, that your body will um, take food. Um, and I think 
this especially applies to natural foods, right? Um, not necessarily processed foods, but it will take, you know, whole foods and take what it needs and then eliminate what it can't um, or doesn't need, right? So in a sense, um, your body purifies the food and eliminates what is, what is not pure, right? Um, so all foods then are pure. So what actually defiles a man? Again, he repeats, not what goes in, but what comes out of the man, which of course is his words and his actions. And where do those come from? Not from the food that he eats, but remember, this is all in the context of them eating food without, with unwashed hands. And Jesus is saying, you're, whether, whether you wash or not ritually, um, and what you eat and what you don't eat, actually, he'll later t- tell us doesn't really uh, matter all that much. Um, what does matter is what comes out. And here, what comes out of the heart of man gives us a long list, right? Verse 21. We have evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lewdness. That's just kind of rude behavior. Um, an evil eye. I guess we still use that expression. I give you the stink eye, right? Um, blasphemy, pride, and foolishness. Blasphemy speaking against God's word, right? Notice that hubris or pride here is listed as um, as, as sinful. It might say something about um, the way that our folks act in this world. How had God made this all clear um, in the Old Testament? This sin coming from the heart of man. And they did it by way of narrative. Um, it, right at the beginning, Genesis 6 is a good example. Uh, this is with Noah. The Lord saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was on evil continually all the day, right? So that every, every intent uh, of the thought of his heart was on evil continually. That is, that man, um, until the flood, was living in rebellion to God and his word, right? Um, but all, and this is every man, by the way. That includes Noah and his family, eight souls and all, right? Um, but no, but he, Noah is made just by faith, which is a whole other story for another time. Um, Genesis 8, 21. So this is after the flood. And the Lord smelled a soothing aroma. This is the offering of, of Noah. The Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake, although the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth, nor will I again destroy every living thing as I have done. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. Right? So notice, he will never again curse the ground for man's sake, even though, even after the flood, the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. We talked about that yesterday in the sermon too. Right? We're born deaf uh, and mute to God's word. That is, in other words, in rebellion with every inclination of our heart. Uh, affecting then our hearing and our um, speaking, right? All right. There's meditation then. Many men declare men good on the basis of their outward works. But Jesus diagnoses the real problem of men, sinful hearts. The Pharisees were concerned about keeping the outward things clean by controlling what went into the body but all their washings could not clean their hearts. Jesus identifies the problem of original sin, the old Adam who lives in us. 
He has given the washing of water and the Spirit to create in us new hearts. Through baptism, the Father in heaven declares us clean for the sake of his Son, who makes all things new through his death and resurrection. Through baptism, the Father of heaven declares us clean for the sake of his Son, who makes all things new through his death and resurrection. Beautiful. So what do, what do we say in Psalm 51? Um, praying with David, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. And he does that through the washing of water and the word. So that what comes out of us then may be God-pleasing. But he, uh, that's his handiwork, not ours. Good. All right, our catechism this week is the Lord's Prayer introduction. We say it together. Our Father, who art in heaven, what does this mean? With these words, God tenderly invites us to believe that he is our true Father and that we are his true children, so that with all boldness and confidence we may ask him as dear children ask their dear Father. We pray. Heavenly Father, in holy baptism, we became your dear children, and you became our dear Father. You have given us every gift of salvation through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, and for Jesus' sake have made us many great and precious promises. We thank you for the gift of forgiveness, for clothing us with the righteousness of Christ, and for making us joint heirs with your Son of eternal life. Forgive us for doubting your tender love for us and for not trusting that we are your dear children in Jesus. Give us confidence in your word, boldness to call upon you in prayer for all our needs, and the joy of being your dearly loved and forgiven children. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We pray. For faith to live in the promises of holy baptism, for vocations and daily work, for the unemployed, for the salvation and well-being of our neighbors, for our schools, our homeschools, our colleges and seminaries, and for good government and peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. We pray in this day in celebration with Dick and Kayleen, who both celebrate their baptism. Pray for the households of our church, especially this week, for Julie, Courtney, Don and Karen, Joe, Martin and Tara, and Jan and Donna. Pray for those who are ill, receiving treatment, or recovering, especially Tristan, Marcella, Angie, Jeremy, Kelsey, Amanda, John, and Timothy, Janice, Sandy, Ken, and Kathy. Our homebound Bev, David, Roy, Willis and Janice, and Mickey. The missions and mercy work of the church, especially Safe Harbor. Pray for a gift of increase, a gift and increase of patience among us. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Pray the collect for this week. Almighty and merciful God, by your gift alone, your faithful people render true and laudable service. Help us steadfastly to live in this life according to your promises, and finally attain your heavenly glory. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. As we were asked yesterday, or I was asked yesterday, um, to include in our prayers um, all those who have been, I think I said stranded, uh, I think that's a fair word to use in Afghanistan, um, and for those who serve in our military, we pray. Lord of heaven and earth, the children of this world often refer to Afghanistan as the graveyard of empires. You know it as another corner of the world you made and redeemed in the blood of your Son. No place on this earth is beyond your care and concern. 
and all the recent chaos brought on by devastatingly poor decisions made by U.S. leadership, you alone can bring us hope. Enable us, uh, U.S. and allied forces to rescue and evacuate our people from the clutches of the terrorists, including all those Afghans who worked alongside U.S. forces and trusted that America would help them secure a better future for their people, especially their women and children. Comfort the families of those who lost loved ones serving in Afghanistan, fighting for our safety and a better society for all. Give them the certainty that their lives and sacrifices had meaning before your throne of grace. Preserve and protect your Christian people in Afghanistan who face the prospect of certain persecution and even death at the hands of their Taliban warlords. We are bold to pray even for what seems impossible to our eyes, the softening of the Taliban hearts, so that they would repent of their false god and believe in the free gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. We pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would forgive me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings in life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul, and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right, today we have, uh, or this week, I should say, we have a lovely hymn uh, written by a former cantor of Fort Wayne Seminary, um, Richard Resch, uh, a text that commands us to the gifts that God freely gives. We sing. Triune God Himself is part to call. 
gifts of grace and peace from absolution flow. The pastor's words are Christ for us to trust and know. Forgiveness that we need is granted to us there. The Lord of mercy sends us forth with his blessed air. The gifts are there each day, the holy word is read. God's children listen here, receive, and they are fed. Christ fills them with himself. Blessed words that give them life, restarting and refreshing them for this world's strife. The gifts are in the feast, gifts far more than we see. Beneath the bread and wine is food from All right, very good to have you with us all today for our congregation at prayer. Again, a guide for daily meditation and prayer around God's word. It's good to pray together, as you saw. Uh, how did Cantor say it? Um, oh, the gifts are here each day. The holy word is read. God's children listen, hear, receive, and they are fed. So I hope uh, this word has been instru- not only instructional, but have, has fed you, uh, has gone into you, changing your heart so that your life may be then a confession before others of the good that God has done for you. Uh, speaking of, you can watch yesterday's Divine Service on Facebook or YouTube. You can also uh, catch yesterday's Bible study. It's also available, streamed to both places this week, so that's great. Um, and you can actually understand the words better than last week because the technology worked properly. Uh, it's also available as a podcast if you prefer uh, to listen as you go about your day. So you can subscribe to the podcast. The link is on our page, stjohnrandomlake.org. And by the way, I see in the chat, um, oh, I missed missed the hymn, says Nancy. Um, you can, if you come in a little bit late, even if we're already live streaming, I, I know this is true on, on YouTube. I'm pretty sure you can do it on Facebook too. You can take your finger and scroll and go back to the beginning of the video and not watch it so much live, but actually um, just begin wherever you jump in, depending on when the notifications come or uh, what's happening, right? So, uh, even if we're still currently streaming live and it's not available yet for replay, 
you can uh, go back and begin the repl begin to watch at the beginning of the video, and uh, the platforms will allow you then to watch and catch up. Yeah. So there you go. Um, and uh, the hymns that I've been playing have been ones that I've recorded uh, on behalf of Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne, and uh, usually at the Good Shepherd Institute. I hope I get to go again this year and capture it as well. All right. So, Lord be with you all. Keep you safe. Um, bless you uh, in his sweet care. We'll see you again tomorrow. <laughs>